welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. We are starting our Christmas series here at River Valley the next couple weeks leading into our Christmas Eve candlelight services. And the series is called His Name Will Be, the name of that song, and grateful for that. And we're going to cover a name of Jesus each week. The names in that song we just sang are Light of the World, Almighty God, Jesus Christ, our King, Prince of Peace. He's the Lord of all, the King of Heaven, and the Great Redeemer. Today we're going to talk about Jesus Christ, our Great Redeemer. You may not be where you want to be in this life, but thank God you are not where you should be. Because of our sin, we deserve death. Yet our God, Jesus Christ, coming from heaven to earth, came to redeem, to reclaim, to purchase you with his own blood so that you could go from death to life. Is anybody grateful that we've got a great Redeemer? A great Redeemer. And in just a moment, we're going to open our Bibles and we're going to talk about the Christmas story. But instead of starting with a baby in a manger, we're going to start a thousand years earlier. But in the same city, the same little town of Bethlehem. So if you can, if you've got your Bible, we're going to the book of Ruth. This story is, it's a, a renowned story in Hebrew literature. It's one of the greatest stories ever told, and it's the story of Ruth. Going to the book of Ruth, chapter 1. This story has got romance, it's got mystery, it's got controversy, it's got grace, and it's got the meaning of our redeemed lives. If you're at the book of Ruth, chapter 1, starting in verse 1, we're going to read this together. It says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, which means my God is king. And the name of his wife, Naomi, which means sweet or pleasant. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. Man, Chilion might need to make a comeback. That's a, that's a nice name. They were Ephath. Athathrites from Bethlehem in Judah. From Bethlehem. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And she was left with her two sons. These two sons took Moabite wives, and the name of one of the wives was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Malon and Chilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons. And left without her husband. So at this point in the story, we're going to go to verse chapter 15. But at this point in the story, Naomi, after losing her husband and her two sons, now tries to send her daughters-in-law away. Saying, Naomi's saying, I'm going to go back to my hometown of Bethlehem and you need to stay here in your hometown. Orpah stays. But Ruth, the Bible says, clings to Naomi. Clings to her. It says, Naomi, she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to, to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said this, famous words, do not urge me to leave you 
or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will be, I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. The title of this message is Three Redeemers. Three Redeemers. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we thank you that your presence is here. Here in this room and here with everybody watching this message online right now. You are with them. Lord, we thank you more than anything else. We're grateful for your presence, Lord. And we thank you that Jesus, you came. You came to redeem. You came to save. You came to deliver. You came to pay with your own life so that we could be saved, so that we could have life, so that we could be redeemed. And Jesus, we thank you. You are alive today. You are with us today. Our soon and coming King. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, those, those, uh, those words from Ruth uh, are epic words, and I love her spirit. She, she, she was, uh, her spirit was like, I'm not taking no for an answer. Naomi, Naomi says, listen, you need to go back to Bethlehem, go with your sister-in-law. And Ruth is like, no, I'm, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm coming with you whether you like it or not. Anybody have a friend like that? Whether you like it or not, I'm coming with you like to fight in the trenches with these types of friends, you know. I, we were at a wedding uh, this weekend, and uh, we've got twin boys, and we've got friends that were taking care of our twin boys. And uh, they, they were in the room with us, but they were helping take care of them. And uh, I walked over trying to pick up my son, and uh, they're like, nope, we're here to help. You cannot have him back. I'm sorry. They wouldn't take no for an answer. My wife walks towards the other one, walks towards the other one, and uh, our friend, uh, her name's Tani, if you know her here at Apple Valley, she starts walking away from my wife. Is not, she's not, nope, you asked us to help, we're going to help whether you like it or not. I love that kind of spirit, that spirit that Ruth had. Whether you like it or not, Naomi, mother-in-law, I'm coming with you. Your people, my people, your God is my God. It reminds me, uh, I grew up playing hockey, and it reminds me of hockey culture. When something... Uh, when somebody, the, the enemy team would come after your goalie, we were coached and we were taught, you get to lose your mind defending the goalie. It, like all bets are off now. They, they touched the goalie, they wronged your goalie, and we are protecting the goalie. Whatever it takes, doesn't matter. I remember uh, my final year playing hockey, I was on the same team as my older brother, and uh, there was some stuff happening down at, at the, the goalie net. And uh, we landed about seven teammates in the penalty box in our final game. Because all bets were off. You touch our goalie. I love that spirit. Ruth says, you're not going to send me back. I'm not going. I'm here to redeem you. I'm talking about three redeemers in this story. And the first one is Ruth. Ruth redeems Naomi. Naomi, think about the loss. Think about everything that she lost, her husband and her sons, and she's in a foreign land. She's got nothing left. And Ruth says, listen, you're not going just on your own. I'm staying with you whether you like it or not. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. It sounds like the words from Exodus that God said to 
Moses in Exodus chapter 6, 6 and 7, Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people and I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. Maybe you're here and you feel like Naomi. Maybe it's not your exact example, but you feel the sense of loss or the sense of grief. And at all of our campuses, we're hosting an empty chair service where it's one of the greatest ministries that we do here. Pastor Rob started it after the loss of his father. And if you're here and feeling the sense of loss, our God, who is the great redeemer, wants to minister to your spirit at the empty chair service coming up, but also to you today. And uh, just so you know, just like my hockey coach, I think God gives the same permission to us that when somebody, when the enemy is attacking somebody you know that is wronging somebody you know that's going after your family, that's going after your children, going after your neighbors, going after, you have every right to lose your mind in the spiritual realm and fight with the sword of the spirit, fight with the Holy Spirit inside of you saying, I'm going to be a defender I'm going to be a a redeemer. I'm going to reclaim. I'm going to speak the truth and fight for people. You have permission by God. There are times in life where God says enough is enough. And it was for the Israelites in Egypt where he said enough is enough. And I'm stepping in and I will redeem you. And Ruth said, enough is enough, Naomi. Don't don't give me another word. Don't tell me. Don't try to send me away whether you like it or not. I'm coming with you. Ruth is that first redeemer. I love Ruth saying, Naomi, you are mine. You're my mother-in-law. This is not changing. We're not, we're not doing this right now. And I love it. She's just speaking life over her mother-in-law. And God says to you today, you are mine. You are mine. For those of you that are grieving, for those of you that are hurting, for those of you that have lack, God says, you are mine today. The second redeemer in the story, and we're really just going to kind of talk through this story. Ruth is only four chapters long, and the second chapter, uh, they're now in Bethlehem during the barley harvest, and Ruth starts working in Boaz's field. Boaz is the second redeemer in this story. Uh, Ruth, she's working in the field, and she's gleaning anything that was left over in the field, in Boaz's field. So the workers, they're harvesting all the barley, and Ruth is just picking up the leftovers. And it was actually a rule, and it was a guideline. It was something to follow that uh, if you owned a field, you were an owner of the field, you could not get maximum harvest. You had to leave some behind for those that did not have things. And, and that speaks to the heart of generosity of our God. That, that uh, Listen, don't try to maximize everything thinking about yourself Think about people that don't have what you have. And we should, we should run our families like this. We should run our finances like this. We should run our businesses like this. We should raise our children like this. That it's not all about maximum gains for our good. But it's about what can we do for others. It's blessed to be a blessing. And so Ruth is being blessed by Boaz in the field. And uh, he was very kind. And she goes back and shares with Naomi, her mother-in-law, uh, again in Bethlehem, she, saying, hey, this, this guy Boaz, he's been so nice. She finds out that Boaz is actually uh, a, kind of a distant relative of Naomi. 
And so they kind of start scheming, mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, they start scheming like, man, Boaz has been a little bit kind and Ruth, I don't no longer have a husband and maybe we could, get and so they, they make a plan for Ruth to propose to Boaz. And this is an amazing story. In Ruth chapter three, verses eight, here's the plan and here's how it was executed. At midnight, it's just starts, it just starts a little dicey, you know, like midnight. Wow. Okay. At midnight, Boaz uh, was startled because Ruth showed up. He was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. This was at the threshing floor. He was protecting his grain. It was out in the open. There would have been other people there. Uh, but he founds out, finds out that a woman lay at his feet. He said, who are you? And she answered, I'm Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Give me a covering. She's using poetic language, basically to propose right here. And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. And for all my fellow uh, townsmen, know that you are a worthy woman. Boaz decided right there, as Ruth is proposing to him, he says, I'm in. Didn't even have to think about it. Woke up out of a dead sleep and was like, I'm in, let's do this. Wow. Eager, Boaz. He was ready, ready to go, ready to save somebody, ready to redeem somebody. And she shows up at midnight. He'd just been working all day. The threshing floor, he's protecting his wheat. And uh, Ruth says, let's get married. He says, I'm in, let's go. Fast forward to, yeah, somebody's like, I want to praise God for that. Wow. <laughs> somebody's like claiming that. Like, I'm waiting for my Boaz. All right, Ruth chapter four. Fast forward, I'm just trying to work through the story, uh, and we're going somewhere. Ruth chapter four, verse nine. Uh, Boaz is now in front of the elders of Bethlehem, and he is going to redeem not just Ruth in marriage, but also Naomi by buying back her family's land that she had sold by going to Moab. And she had sold, she had lost her land, and Boaz is now going to buy that land, and he's going to marry Ruth. So Ruth chapter 4, verse 9, Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to her husband Elimelech, and all that belonged to Chilion and Malon. So he buys back the land. He, he redeems the, the possessions, the livelihood, the land that was rightfully hers and her family's. And then he marries Ruth in verse uh, 13 through 15. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became, became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer and has made his name renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more than, you, uh, than seven sons, uh, has given birth to him. And they gave birth to their son Obed. And here's what's crazy about the story. Now that we've kind of worked through this story where they make it back to Bethlehem. Ruth proposes. Boaz says, I'm in. He buys the land. He marries. And then they have a kid. Here's what's crazy about this story is Ruth uh, was a Moabite. And they should have, Elimelech and Naomi should have never left Bethlehem in the first place. Bethlehem means the place of bread. 
And yes, there was a famine, but we need to remember that even when times seem thin, even when there is what is seemingly lack, we serve the bread of life. We serve the provider, our God. They should have never left Bethlehem, but they did, and they married Moabite uh, women, and then they all died, and now Boaz is here, and he's marrying a Moabite. The Moabites, Moab was a person who was the son of Lot. So go way back, Old Testament, way back, and that, the Moabites were from Sodom. And the, needless to say, these are enemies of the people of God. These are their enemies. This marriage should never happen. And as I'm reading this story and as I'm studying, trying to figure out how was Boaz, the redeemer, the kinsman redeemer for Ruth, how was he woken up in the middle of the night? It literally says startled. This this girl freaks him out and says, let's get married. How does he go, I'm in? And I think it's because he, we talked about this two weeks ago, I think it's because he remembered where he came from. His dad's name was Salmon, spelt like salmon, but the right pronunciation is Salmon. That was his dad, who was a man of God from the house of Judah, and his mom was Rahab, the prostitute. And if you remember the story of Rahab, there's two spies that go into the city of Jericho before the walls came tumbling down. And Rahab protects the spies from the people of God, the Israelites. And Joshua makes a way to save Rahab's life as they conquer Jericho. And Rahab is mentioned in the line and lineage of King David and Jesus. And we're going somewhere with that later. But Rahab was a Canaanite, an enemy of the people of God, yet she was welcomed into the family. Anytime you're working with a redeemer, outsiders become insiders. And I think Boaz was able to wake up and say, I'm in, because he knew that this is the moment that I was made for. I saw my dad and my mom, I saw my mom go from Canaanite to a woman of God that's a part of this family that will be remembered forever. My mom is Rahab, the Canaanite, but now the woman of God. And he says, I'm meeting Ruth, who is a Moabite, and this is my moment, I'm in. And we need to remember that there are moments in our life that God says, this is your moment. you got to be in. And God doesn't just, if Ruth can be a redeemer for Naomi, if Boaz can be a redeemer for Ruth, then you can be a redeemer for other people. And there are times in our life where we realize this is a redeeming moment that i got to step in. Somebody's touching my goalie. I'm in. His mother Rahab Boaz of Bethlehem, the son of Rahab, and Ruth were the great-grandparents of King David. And the great-great-grandparents a thousand years later to King Jesus. This story is so incredible. Because if Ruth didn't say, I'm not taking no for an answer, Naomi. I'm going with you whether you like it or not. If she didn't step up for her redeeming moment, and if Boaz didn't say, wake up in the middle of the night, just rub his eyes and say, I'm in, then we wouldn't have this same story seeing that a couple generations later, King David, the, the second king of Israel, and then King Jesus, who is our great redeemer. And that is the third redeemer in this story. The title of the message, Three Redeemers. The third redeemer is 
Jesus. And who is he redeeming? Who did he come to redeem? He came to redeem the entire world, the entire planet. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've all sinned and we've all fallen short. We've all missed the mark. And what we earn because of that sin, what did we earn? What do we deserve? You may not be where you want to be. I said earlier, but thank God you're not where you should be. Where should we be? We should be dead in our trespasses and in our sin. That's what we deserved because of our failure, every single one of us. But Jesus came as the great redeemer to redeem the world. He wanted to reclaim you as his own. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Ephesians 1.5 In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Romans 5.10 and 11 For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You are brought back into the family of God. You are reclaimed. You are redeemed. Your sin has been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's the great redeemer. And those who were dead are now claiming that they are alive in Jesus Christ. And I'm grateful for that. If God can redeem you from your sin... And we're going to land the plane right here. And so we're going to have the keys come back up. If God can redeem you from your sin, how much more can he redeem the other things in your life that you deal with? If sin separates us from God for all of eternity, and that's what we deserve, is death. But we've been saved and redeemed. And at the end of this service, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, today's your day. And you can claim your moment to be redeemed by Jesus Christ himself. But if God can redeem you from your sin, how much more can he redeem your name? Your name. God doesn't just give new names. Like Abram to Abraham, Saul to Paul, Jacob to Israel. But sometimes... He redeems the name that you were given originally. And Naomi, in the book of Ruth, she is so devastated at her loss that she goes, I'm changing my name. My name's now Mara, which means bitter and empty. She wanted to, she wanted to change her name. And the Holy Spirit in our Bible does not accept it. The next verse says, Naomi did this. She goes, I want to be known as Mara. Too bad, sorry. Can't do it because God's redeeming your name. God wants to redeem your name. Who were you made to be? And you might say because of your lot in life or because of your experience or because of what's happened to you or because of things you've done, you want to claim a new name over your life and God says, too bad. I want to redeem and reclaim who you were made to be as son or daughter of the Most High King. If God can redeem you from the grip of sin and death, then he can redeem your time. You want to know what's crazy is Naomi, she's past the point of being able to have a child herself. Yet when Boaz and Ruth get married and they have a kid, 
The people in Bethlehem, you want to know what they were saying? The Lord has given Naomi another son. You think, well, I've lost so much time because of, I've just wasted time running from God. I, I, I wasn't raised in this. I, I, I don't know all of the answers. I feel like I've disqualified myself. And Naomi, she cannot physically have a baby in her old age, but God makes a way for Ruth and Boaz. And people, the talk of the town, or the Lord gave Naomi a new son. Isn't that awesome? He can redeem your name. He can redeem your time. God wants to redeem your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think back to who you were five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and even before Christ. The things that I, I, I think back and go, I can't, believe I, I can't believe I thought like that. I can't believe I thought those thoughts. I can't believe I believed that about myself. I can't believe the negative that came through my mind. God If he can redeem you from the grip of sin and death, he can redeem your mind and the way that you think and what you think about yourself and how you believe about yourself. He wants to give you a new mind. If he can redeem you from sin, your name, your time, your mind, he can redeem your possessions. And I love that that Naomi, she gets the land back that was originally hers. That God, it's the prom, this is the promised land that she gave up with her husband to go to Moab in a time of famine. And you would think, well, it's lost. I said, we, we sold it. God provided multiple ways. Back in the book of Leviticus, I think chapter 25, multiple ways that you get that land back. I love that it's, it's not just her fighting for it or Ruth fighting for it or Boaz stepping in. It's God's design also. Every 50 years was the year of Jubilee and the land goes back to the original owners. And you could get it, you could wait those 50 years or you could purchase it back. But to keep that land after the year of Jubilee, you had to have descendants. And Naomi's got nobody. And thank God that Boaz said yes, Ruth and Boaz have a baby, Obed. And now that land is theirs forever. As long as they hold on to it, it is theirs forever. God wants to redeem your possessions. The things that, I think of the old song, I went to the enemy's camp. I'm not going to sing it. Don't make me sing. And I took back what he stole from me. And what does the enemy try to steal from you that God says, too bad, it's rightfully yours. And we're proclaiming right now a day of jubilee over your life. The things that you've lost, the things that you thought were dead, the things that you thought, I'm never getting this back. I'm ne- this relationship is over. Th- this idea and this dream is over. This, this, this passion of mine, I used to be so passionate about, I was on fire for it, for the things of the Lord. It, it just feels like it's gone. God wants to redeem your possessions. How about those of you that have a lot in this life? Great. God's not against things. We say it a lot, but he's against things having you. He wants to redeem the things you do have and say, how can you, you talk about maximizing, not maximizing for my own good, but how can you take your possessions, the things that you have and maximize it for the kingdom of God? He wants to redeem your possessions. If he can redeem you from sin, he wants to redeem your physical body. By his stripes, you can have healing. And we pray for healing every single week in our church because we see miracle after miracle, God showing up in people's lives and he is able to heal you and make you a new creation, not just in your mind, not just in your heart, 
but he wants to heal your body. He's able to do it. We believe it. And finally, if Jesus Christ, the great redeemer, can redeem you from the grip of sin and death, then he can redeem your legacy. And if Naomi went by herself back to Bethlehem, we would not have the story a thousand years later in Bethlehem of a baby that was born in a manger who became our great redeemer. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Luke chapter 1, just with our eyes closed, 68 through 75. This is, this is Zechariah prophesying after finding out he's going to have John the Baptist, but prophesying about Jesus, the baby that was coming. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and he has redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. Ruth stepped in to redeem. Boaz stepped in to redeem. And Jesus stepped into humanity, fully God and fully man, stepped in to redeem. I wonder if there's anybody here today that you've never given your life to Jesus. Today's your day, right now's your moment. Just with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Are you here saying, realizing, maybe, maybe you're hearing it for the first time. Or maybe you've heard this a thousand times. But God's saying, let me redeem you. Let me redeem you right now. Right now is your moment. Today's the day of salvation. Saying, I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I want him to redeem me. He didn't just come for the world. He came for you specifically. You. And are you here saying, I, I, I know I need forgiveness of sin. I know I need to be right with God. And I know I need to accept this free gift of redemption. Freeing me from my sin. Giving me the gift of eternity in the presence of God. Eternity in heaven. If that's you with nobody looking around, I'm going to count to three. When I say three, would you lift your hand? Saying today's my day. If you're watching online, you can write in the chat saying I'm giving my life to Jesus today. But if you're here in this room, when I say three, don't wait a moment. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart saying, this is it. This is it. And you've got a redeeming moment just like Boaz and a response to say, I'm in. And if you're in, inviting Jesus to be the Lord of your life. When I say three, would you lift your hand? Ready? One, two, three, all over the room. Yep. Awesome. 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 Just looking around. Awesome. Yep. Put your hands down. We've got a couple people in this room right now making this decision. People watching online as well. We're going to pray a prayer. Would you repeat these words after me? Everybody in the room say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short. Please forgive me. 
today I receive your gift, the free gift of salvation. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, is redeeming more people in this room. Can you stand to your feet and celebrate with